Welcome to the Man in the Mirror Bible Study Podcast. Today we are continuing our series looking at the fruits of the Spirit. Our topic today is peace, before, during, and after the storm. Our speaker is Pat Morley, author and founder of Man in the Mirror. Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, so every week we uh, give a shout out to the men who are joining us Except I think I forgot it a couple weeks ago. Anyway, I don't want to forget it this morning. So let's go ahead and welcome those who join us through the uh, podcast. Uh, on the count of three, the warm, rousing men of the mirror welcome that only you guys can do. One, two, three. Hoorah! So we do welcome you men online. Okay, so we're in the series, Fruit of the Spirit. And today the topic is peace. The fruit of the Spirit that is peace. Love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth. We're going to talk about peace today before, during, and after storms. Metaphorical storms. So, what is peace? What do you think of when you think of peace? What is peace? What is the characteristic of peace? Anybody? Okay, so it's a sense of calm. What else? Tranquility, yes. What else? Silence in your mind. That's good. Solitude, yeah, right. What else? Knowing God has your back. What if you, you kind of looking ahead on the notes on this. That's good. Okay, so um, what else? And this is from a man who has multiple myeloma and needs of prayer, by the way. Jim. Who else? Certainty. Being certain. Okay, peace, being certain. Okay, what else? Confidence. What else? No worries. What else? All right, so this is, this is the idea. Uh, other words that I came up with that weren't mentioned, maybe contentment, uh, congruence, restful, internal harmony. So there are lots of peace sayings, things we say about peace. What are some of the things that you might say about peace? Let me give you a couple of, I'm at peace with this decision, or there's peace in our family. What are some of the other kinds of sayings that you might hear about peace? Peace be with you. What else? What is it? Peace be still. Okay. What else? Shalom. Shalom. Okay. Good. Peace like a river. Oh, I love peace like a river. Blessed are the peacemakers. Our nation is at peace. I'm at peace with whatever God decides to do. Peace treaties. War and peace. Keeping the peace. Peace at all costs. Peace of mind. So how do you know when you don't have it? What are some of, the, some of the ways that you know that you don't have peace? Agitation. What is it? Conflict. What else? Huh? Restlessness. Yes. Uh -huh. So it's a pretty big deal, isn't it? Grinding your teeth at night, having to go to the dentist to get a retainer put in because you grind your teeth at night. What's that? Lack of peace. Insomnia. 
nice to your friends, but grumpy to your wife. Curmudgeon. Uh, you have been the, the object of unjust suffering. We'll talk more about that. Uh, I can't get a, a good number on this, but it looks like about 55% roughly of emergency room visits are related to stress. And somewhere between 60 and 80%, depending on which study you read, of PCP visits are stress-related. 60 to 80%, almost <laughs> the vast majority of visits to the PCPs have some stress-related component, what, which is what? Like a piece. Uh, the residual of childhood wounds. Uh, traumatic memories that just keep resurfacing and rob you from peace. So we could talk about so many other questions that I had developed, but let's go ahead and get into the corpus of the message. And that is the first thing we want to talk about. You wouldn't need peace if everything was calm. That's the first point. You wouldn't need peace if everything was calm. There are two storms that are mentioned in the Bible, one in Mark 4 and one in Matthew 14. The one in Mark 4, there's a furious squall. And the, the, the disciples are terrified. Jesus was asleep in the front of the boat on a cushion. It had been a very long day, and see, he was so exhausted physically. I'm guessing that he was probably so physically exhausted. Human Jesus was so physically exhausted that he was asleep on a cushion when there was a, the Bible says, a furious squall was raging around there. And the disciples went to Jesus, don't you care if we all drown? Do something. And he says, okay, okay. And he, so he calmed, and says it became so calm, you couldn't even tell that there had been a storm at all. And then in Matthew 14, it talks about the disciples. Jesus had finished. This was the feeding of the 5,000, says the boy. And then he comes walking to them on the water later. But they were buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And, uh, and they were afraid. So there are storms. There are different kinds of storms. Um, let's look at some of the situations. Uh, there's storms, of course, but there are also droughts and floods and famines. You know, physically, those things are going on. But also metaphorically, these kinds of things are going on in our lives. So uh, sometimes the future is in doubt. You, you just, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And so you don't have peace because like the disciples in the boat, you don't know what's going to happen because of this. There's a storm raging. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to drown. You don't know if you're going to capsize. Uh, you don't know if you're going to be, you know, capsize and, 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 and uh, be saved, but then get a chill and, and, and get, you know, some sort of pneumonia and die from that. You don't know. The future is in doubt. Or maybe, uh, maybe, maybe your world has, has already fallen apart. Maybe you did get the disease. Maybe your wife did ask for the divorce. Maybe you, 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 you didn't make payroll. Uh, maybe you did have your key employee just resign. Whatever the case may be, it has fallen apart. <laughs> and so there's the anxiety that comes from that. What the? Now what? Or you're, you're striving for something you don't need. You're striving for something you don't need. And because of the striving, you have this anxiety. You're, you're, all, all, you're all stressed up all the time about it. Or you have a fear, fear of failure. You know, things are actually, you know, might be going good for you. But you dread the future. 
And so what do all of these things, all these situations have in common? All of these situations have to do with the future. And if you think about it, even something that happened in the past, let's just say that two months ago you declared bankruptcy, right? And so you're thinking about that all the time, but you're not really thinking about that. You're thinking about what's going to happen in the future because that happened in the past. So almost, and I'm sure you can find exceptions. I, I couldn't think of any, but uh, I'm sure there are. It, the, the lack of peace that we have is almost always related to the future. That's what was going on with the disciples in these two boat situations. And so some of the different kinds of emotions, there's a kind of a cluster of emotions that might surround you not having peace. This is a pretty big thing, you know. This is kind of like, I almost called this the, the hidden in plain sight fruit of the Spirit. It's almost like this is hidden in plain sight, this lack of peace or this need for peace. It, it's just so pervasive when you think about it. You think about the cluster of emotions that surround a lack of peace. You have worry. You have dread. You have fear. You have anxiety, doubt. You're upset. You feel stressed. You're angry. You feel annoyed. You feel abandoned, maybe abandoned by God, but abandoned just in general. There's a cluster of emotions that surrounds a lack of peace that is profound. And so here's the big idea for the day. Peace is a transcendent understanding that Jesus has your back at every stage of the storm. So, Jim, you got it. Yeah, he's got your back. Peace is this transcendent understanding. I'll explain more about that as we go. That Jesus, he's got your back, just like he had these disciples' backs in these two storms. At every stage of the storm, whether uh, it's, it's before the storm, you know, we here in Florida, our storms are hurricanes, our big storms are hurricanes. And so we have, we have fear before the storm. We're worried about what's going to happen. Is it going to come our way? What's the path? We're always, every three hours or four hours, whenever the, the, the new updates come out, we're, we're checking with the National Hurricane Service to see where the path is. We're worried before. And then we're worried during it. Is, is my roof going to leak? Yeah, it leaked. I'm sorry. Ian got me pretty good. Oh, but Ian was a water event. Ian, I had... I had water uh, 50 feet up into my yard. And my house is 12 feet above the lake we live on. I had water 50. I was, what is going on here? So I'm worried, you know, during the storm and then after the storm, how am I going, how am I going to recover from this storm? So Jesus has your back at every stage of every storm. I shouldn't have said the storm. Every stage of every storm. All right? Now, so that's this first point. You wouldn't need peace if everything was calm. Now, the second point, God offers peace in every circumstance. Every circumstance. He offers peace. Doesn't mean we take it, but he offers it at every circumstance. There is no doubt in my mind that the disciples of Jesus were never more terrified never more anxious than 
when they were huddled in a room, bewildered because the one who they thought was going to save them had been crucified and he had been dead and he was buried and he was gone and they were alone in that room. That must have been a moment of sheer anxiety of exponential proportion. And here's what happened in John chapter 20, verses 19 and following. On the evening of that first day of the week, right after the crucifixion, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Love be with you. Joy be with you. They didn't need the love of Jesus at that moment. They didn't need the joy. Well, they did, but you know what I'm saying. They were terrified. They needed to be comforted at that particular moment. They needed to have transcendence come into their temporal circumstance and give them peace. And so Jesus said, peace be with you. And after he said that, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And then again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. I, I, I don't know if this is like a physical or is this metaphorical. I mean, I just don't understand what that really means. It's one of my mystery abounds things. Uh, if somebody knows the answer, you can explain it to me. And with that, he breathed on them, whatever that means. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my good. What a good God. The big idea of peace is a transcendent understanding that Jesus has your back at every stage of the storm. What stage of the storm were the disciples at at that point? Well, they, were, they were at the point of complete confusion, bewilderment, had no idea what's going on. And he came and he gave them peace. So you wouldn't know peace if everything was calm. That's the first point. The second point is God offers peace in every circumstance. And now let's spend a few minutes here on how to experience more peace of Jesus, more of this fruit of the Spirit. You know, Jesus is the Spirit. You, you, you all know this. He is God. So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's the fruit of the Father, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's the fruit of Jesus. It's all the same thing. How to experience more of this peace that Jesus our peace, peace, I give you. Key verse for this point is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Many of you probably have memorized this verse. Paul writes, do not be anxious. All right, that's one of our words. It's 
the uh, the opposite of peace, right? It's one of the words that one of the things that happens when we don't have peace. Do not be anxious about most things. Don't be anxious about the majority of things. No, it's don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in most situations, no, it's in every situation. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Now, what's the difference between a prayer and a petition? Well, just hypothesizing here. Prayer is the general way that we talk to God. Petition is some specific thing we're asking for. Um, God's inviting us to pray very specific prayers. Now, in the last, I've been having some insomnia, and so um, last night, I got five hours sleep last night, okay? Uh, mostly because I'm excited to be here with you guys, but there are other reasons going on too, I'm supposing. But anyway, uh, in the last week, I've had two nights that I, I really, 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 really needed to be super, super fresh in the morning. And so I'd watched this movie, The, the Chosen, or the series, The Chosen, and I watched the scene, and I remember the, see, the scene where Jesus is camping, and he lays his head down in a little tent, and he prays something, I can't remember the exact words, but uh, Lord God Almighty, King of the universe, I pray that you would allow a, a, a slumber to come to my eyes or to give me a good night's rest, something like that. And so I've been, I prayed that two times and I asked God for, for very specific things that I would not wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to get back to sleep, that I, my mind would not turn on, which is what the reason I had the insomnia to begin with, and then third is that I would wake up, I would sleep long enough that I, I would wake up and I would actually feel refreshed. And uh, guess what? So I prayed it two times and it happened, right? But that's, see how specific the petition is? It's not just a sky general prayer, God give me a good night's sleep. It's a very specific petition. And we're invited to do that. I spent too much time on that. Anyway, you get the idea. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving and and what that means is is is, is we're, we're we're giving thanks for what god has already done in our lives what he's doing in our lives we're even thanking god for the difficult we rejoice in our sufferings we're thanking god for what we're going through when it's not a good thing or if it's a good thing we're we're, we're thanking him for that and then we're thanking him for what he will do we're thanking him for the before and the during and the after of the storm and every other thing that goes on. So present your requests to God and the peace of God. That's what we're talking about. The peace of God, the Holy Spirit peace, which transcends all understanding. And that's where we get the idea of this transcendent understanding that we talk about in the big idea that we're talking about in the big idea today. And the peace of God which transcends understanding. And so what does it mean to transcend? Understanding. It means that you can't understand. <laughs> that's what it means. It's, it's, it's beyond understanding. That's, that's the whole idea of being something transcendent. I, just from the dictionary, exceeding or surpassing, um, falling outside a given set of categories, beyond consciousness or direct apprehension theologically, of God having continuous existence outside the created world, 
free from the limitations inherent in matter. It, it, it transcended just means is that it's it's a it's a beyond. So, which transcends all understanding, the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding. And so, God, peace is is peace is a transcendent understanding. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, you can understand mathematics, you can understand science, you can understand. Um, can you understand AI? I don't think so. But anyway, uh, there are a lot of things you can understand. But there are some things that are beyond understanding. And the peace of God, the peace of God is one of them. It's mysterious. Leave room for mystery. Never want a God that you can fully understand. Do you hear me? Never want a God that you can fully understand. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, your heart, your mind, in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's the that's the uh, that's the biblical piece. So what's the practical piece of it? All right. So just a few thoughts as we wrap it up. Don't don't dwell on shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna destroy your peace, try to understand it. What's going on? <laughs> try to try to fully understand your storm. Just just just. Dive into it. Dwell on the past. Try to dissect it. Try to figure out what happened and why and who's responsible or where it goes from, it goes from here. Do it. Go for it. And then come to Bible study on Friday because you're going to need it. I have this thing. I've, it's, a, it's a first principle at Man in the Mirror for me. Has been for decades. Um, I don't dwell on the past. Every hour... Here's the, here's the principle. Every hour... You spend trying to work on a problem to solve a problem is just an hour that you can't spend on an opportunity. Real simple. So <laughs> things go wrong at Man in the Mirror. Things go wrong in my house. Things go wrong all the time. I just don't spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. I, I, because I know that I might be able to figure it out, probably won't. And even if I do figure it out, I probably won't get the other person to agree with me anyway, so why bother? So I'm going to spend an hour on an opportunity instead. Is this making sense? This is, this is, this is a practical way, uh, a practical step to peace. And then don't try to solve potential problems. That's another first principle for me, or a governing principle, in that I, people bring me problems all the time. Well, I have enough actual problems I can't solve. I don't need to solve these theoretical, hypothetical, potential problems. So don't, don't spin out about all the different things that might happen. Just focus on the things that are happening. And uh, this, is, this is a practical step to, to, to peace. And then tell your brothers at the tables. Uh, tell your brothers what you're, what you're anxious about. Uh, the, 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 the value, the, the power of community to, to help you have peace. It's so funny. And I know so many stories. I'm looking around. I know so many stories of where you have told your brothers and you have been able to find peace. And by the way, if you're the one being told, please don't give advice on what they need to do to fix it. I mean, I, I, I have this happen all the time to myself. I'm sure you do too. If, you know, you're trying, you, you, you pour your heart out to somebody and the first thing they do, they don't really, they, they got two little sentences or maybe a paragraph or maybe a minute or two of what you've been going through for months on end, and they 
and, and you, they don't even let you finish your sentence. Oh, oh, oh let, me, let me tell you what you should do. No, 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 no. Just keep your mouth shut and love. Uh, Kairos ministry, love, love, listen, listen. I don't know if that's still their motto, but I remember, remember hearing that from the founder 25 or 30 years ago. Love, love, listen, listen. Great advice. And then probably the most practical thing you do is just turn, turn everything over to Jesus in prayer. I mean, because that's what the scripture says to do. And then just the final thing is, and I've talked about this before, but, you know, there's so much unjust suffering. A lot of our lack of peace is, you know, we suffer for three reasons, for doing right, for doing wrong, and for no apparent reason. But, uh, you know, sometimes we, we, we know we've done wrong and we deserve the suffering. But a lot, a lot of suffering is just unjust. It's just, you know, just, just, it's not fair. I mean, I had my literary agent, I heard him say to a guy uh, on a phone call one day uh, who was saying something to my agent, and my agent very wisely said, that's not fair. <laughs> and he was so right. And the guy, the other guy backed, backed away from it. But there's so much unjust suffering. So, and, and this is, this is a practical tip. This is, this, this can lead to a lot of peace. Don't, don't defend yourself. Don't retaliate. Don't try to adjudicate the past. Don't try to set the record straight. Just let it stand and, uh, and let God take care of it. Because the big idea again, and this is one text that would help with uh, before we do the big idea. Um, I, uh, I thought about leaving this one out, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I've already given you quite a few scriptures today, but this is a nice wrap up scripture. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. Peace, I leave with you. He's leaving. He's getting ready to go away. Uh, this is uh, right after he said, I've got to prepare a place for you, you know, many rooms and all that. Peace I leave with you. My peace. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So he's given us peace. What does the world give us? The world gives us war. The world, the flesh, the devil. Uh, in us and other people, it's war. It brings war. But Jesus brings peace. He doesn't give us the world gifts. He goes on, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And the big idea affirms this, that peace is a transcendent understanding that Jesus has your back at every stage of every storm. Let us pray. Our dearest Father, wow, I just, I, honestly, Lord, just for my own, my own life, I, I've wanted to teach on these fruit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit for, for decades. But why did I never do this? But Lord, this has just been so rich for me, and I, I pray that you'd make it rich for all of us. And Lord, I pray that, that, that you'd make peace an elephant in our room. Uh, that we would see that that this is one of the one of the big things that can change our lives and has such a dramatic impact uh, not on just on, on, on us but you know just on everybody around us lord give us your peace give us a transcendent understanding that you have our back jesus in every each and every store help us to trust you like 
the disciples did when you calm the storm, when you calm our storm. We ask this in your name and for your glory and no other reason. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find the Man in the Mirror Bible Study wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on our YouTube page. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share the podcast with friends. Since 1986, Man in the Mirror has been teaching the Bible, helping us reflect deeply as men and apply God's truth to our lives. This Bible study is recorded in front of a live audience every Friday morning outside of Orlando, Florida. If you need help navigating your life or leading other men, please go to maninthemirror.org and check out our vast library of Bible study videos, blogs, and articles on Christian growth and leadership. There are plenty of resources you can use to grow in your faith and help others grow too. At maninthemirror.org, you will find books written just for men, helpful materials for your church's ministry to men, and even a potential career in men's discipleship. If you're a man personally struggling in life or you need help in discipling men, please send us an email at biblestudy at maninthemirror.org and let us know how we can help.